Hi, I'm Steven, the host of Let's Go There. And I created this podcast because many of today's most critical issues are so filled with tension and polarization that most of us avoid them altogether. The result is that we miss out on opportunities for meaningful connection and progress, while the world's most pressing conversations are being carried by those least effectively having them. On this podcast, we take on tough conversations from a Christian perspective with nuance and respect so we can learn well, love well, and leave better. Because when we talk about tough issues with humility, we grow together. Hey, welcome to another episode of Let's Go There. It's me, Steven, rolling solo today and going to be doing a little bit of a summary breakdown of where Biden and Trump stand on the issues. And um, I think that there's some value that can be added here just because I think it's, it's hard sometimes to get down to the actual issues and to sort that out from some of the rhetoric and some of the extras and, um, you know, some of the attacking that happens. It's like, well, this person says this, well, this person says that. And sometimes it can be hard to actually sort out, okay, well, what, is, what does Biden actually think about this? Or what has he at least said he thinks about this? Or what has he done in the past? What has Trump actually said about this or done in the past? And, and uh, I just want to say, like, I don't necessarily think that um, the purpose of this episode or the value of this episode is just for helping somebody decide how they would like to vote. I think that probably most of us honestly already have a pretty good idea of who we're voting for. Um, certainly, if you are undecided, having this information would be an asset. But I think it's actually just important for all of us, even if you're like, you know what, I already know I'm voting for, I'm voting for Donald, I'm voting for Joe. You know, I think it's actually important for us to have a good understanding of okay, but what are what are these what do our politicians, what are these candidates actually believe and stand for because one of them is going to win whether or not it's the one that we want to win and just having that context of being informed about where they actually stand and stand on these issues i think it's just going to help us to have more informed conversations for us to uh, approach problems that we want to be a part of the solution for with an understanding of kind of where our political landscape falls on that right now and i just think it's good for us to be to, you know, to actually know where our, how our candidates feel about these things um, and to be able to sort that out from, from some of the rhetoric out there. One just kind of, I guess, caveat that I want to share before I jump into the, the meat and, and the content, which this is going to be uh, a much more informational episode than it is going to be a conversational episode. Um, but I just want to say, by doing this, by, by distilling, hey, just this is just the issues, I'm not necessarily suggesting that that's how somebody, that, so, that, that you should vote, or I believe people should vote just based on the issues and isolate that completely from anything else. Actually, I think that that comes down to each, each person to weigh out how they're going to process the election and who they want in charge of the country and how they're going to vote. Um, those factors have to be weighed for, for you. But for me personally, I think that issues is one of the factors. I think that temperament, I think that character, I think that leadership qualities, I think that all of those things factor into 
who I would want to be running our country. Um, but today I'm just going to be focusing on the issues because I think that's potentially where I can add the most value just by doing a little bit of research and, and a little digging and then summarizing that for you um, so that you have it all in one place. And so just to kind of set the table for what to expect, um, I'm going to go through, oh, uh, you know, maybe seven or eight kind of key issues that, that tend to be the ones people are most interested in and just kind of provide a really quick summary. Hey, here's where they, here's where the candidates actually stand on that. And, and then hopefully um, that can provide some clarity for you as you think about this election. So without any further ado, let's, let's go ahead and just take a look at the issues and, and, and see where these guys come in on it. So first of all, kind of an un, unusual issue, not one that we're used to talking about with elections, but uh, one that I think is pertinent for everyone is, is maybe let's take a look at our response as a government to the pandemic. And this is one where, I mean, I think everyone has a pretty good idea of what Trump has done because that's what our, we're experiencing and what we're seeing in the news that he kind of, um, he's had maybe some mixed rhetoric on it, some mixed language out there, you know, early on was downplaying it quite a bit um, and has since kind of waffled between downplaying it and talking very seriously about it. Definitely has pushed to reopen the economy as quickly as possible, um, has said that there's no way we're going to shut the economy down again. It's not a viable strategy. It's not something our country can handle. Um, has kind of gone back and forth on some of the different things we have in place, like mask wearing. Um, the Trump administration also put into place something called Operation Warp Speed, um, which was this uh, basically this drive by the government to manage logistics and to pour a ton of funding into um, finding a vaccine as quickly as possible. Um, so far, that seems to be working really well um, in terms of finding a vaccine fairly quickly. Obviously, we don't know that for sure because we don't have a vaccine at this point. But there's a lot of talk, not just from politicians, but from scientists and from the companies themselves, that by the end of 2020, we, we most likely will have some kind of a, a safe and effective vaccine in our hands. Um, so that, that part of it has been successful, but obviously a lot of the pandemic response uh, that people will be thinking about is just kind of the different restrictions and how that was handled. Whereas Joe Biden um, has definitely cautioned against reopening without, <clears throat> excuse me, without uh, more testing being available and has said that if scientists said, hey, we got to shut down the U.S. economy again, because things are getting brutal, uh, he would go ahead and do so. He would listen to the scientists. He would put lockdown back on. And he's criticized the Trump administration for, for not taking more action earlier. Um, so that's kind of where they stand with regards to the pandemic. Now we're going to jump into some more issues that are going to be probably a little bit more familiar when it comes to a presidential election. I'm going to talk about taxes, tax policy, you get to talk about foreign policy. Uh, after that, we'll jump into climate change, 
We'll talk about abortion, healthcare, some of these hot topics, gun control, immigration, uh, criminal justice, police reform, racial issues. Uh, we'll kind of jump into all these things and we'll just kind of get, get in and out fairly quickly um, because there's a lot to cover. And uh, I imagine that you guys aren't here for a three-hour breakdown of, of the issues, uh, but hopefully I can provide a little bit of information. So let's talk about taxes. Um, not too surprising here in terms of what you might expect from a Democratic candidate and Republican candidate, but um, Biden has said that he wants to reverse the tax cut that was a part of the Trump tax cut package on the wealthiest bracket. So he wants to, and probably would push for this pretty early on in his presidency, to raise the tax rate on the wealthiest bracket. So just talking about the wealthiest bracket, um, not middle class and, and lower income, but um, back from the 37% that it is now to the 39.6% that it was before those tax cuts uh, that Trump put in place in 2017. Uh, Trump had made those significant tax reforms that simplified the tax code and also involved cuts across the board from the bottom end all the way to the upper end of income and has attacked Biden's uh, policy idea of raising taxes on the wealthy uh, because he says that it would um, not be healthy for a struggling economy to do that right now. Uh, one little side note also, I know people are some are, are, are interested potentially in minimum wage conversation and um, didn't really know where to fit that in. So I'll just throw that in as an aside. Um, Biden does support the $15 federal minimum wage idea. That's something that he would push for. Um, Donald Trump has not supported uh, raising the federal minimum wage. He wants to leave that conversation into the hands of the, or that decision in the hands of, of the states. So transitioning to foreign policy, um, and, and foreign policy, uh, I will admit, it's a little bit murky for me. Um, some of these issues are a little bit complicated for me to wrap my head around, but uh, there's a few observations that I can make. Uh, one, talking about more of the financial and the trade component of it. Trump has pulled out of some different trade deals, including NAFTA generally seems to oppose deals that lower barriers to imports from other countries, kind of falls in line with his um, America first mantra. Um, you know, we don't want competition for our companies is, his, is the concept. We don't want competition for our companies for, for goods in our country. So we are going to impose tariffs or, 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 you know, do things that will make it so that we don't have a, too much foreign competition for goods, uh, whereas Biden voted for NAFTA and has criticized Trump for the tariff war with China. Um, and then moving into more political realm, again, I, um, this is not something that I'm an expert on by any means, but um, I think that Trump has obviously been very nationalistic, uh, loves the mantra America first, and um, has kind of borne out in how he's dealt with other countries. He's kind of pulled out of or pulled away from um, NATO. You know, he's kind of angered some other uh, of typical allies with some of his administration's actions. 
um, pulled out of the WHO um, because of the way that the pandemic was handled. Um, Trump has been very tough on China, but pretty passive with Russia. Um, he pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal, considered that to be a really bad deal and just pulled out of it immediately. Um, he also has this really interesting relationship with King, Kim Jong-un um, that I think Biden has said that he would kind of shy away from a little bit. Um, so Biden would be a little bit of a different flavor on that. He would be more of a, uh, a interested in those in global cooperation. So he would he would try to strengthen and rebuild some of those alliances that that Trump has pulled away from. You know, he would want to put pressure on China, but but less of a you know a solo attack and more. Hey, let's work together with our allies and our European allies and and try to put pressure on China that way. He also has said that he wants to revisit a diplomatic nuclear deal with Iran, um, which probably isn't super surprising since it was um, Obama during Joe Biden's time as vice president um, when that, that deal was initially put in place. Um, the other one that's interesting potentially to bring up here is Israel. Um, Trump has obviously gone out of his way to be extremely pro-Israel to the point where um, he's gotten criticism from other country leaders for maybe going too far with that uh, in terms of upsetting some of the other countries around there and obviously the Palestinians who um, feel oppressed by the Israelis and, and there's a lot of tension in that conflict there. Um, Biden has also expressed a lot of support for Israel, but maybe just less drastically um, than Trump and probably supports more of a traditional approach to trying to find solutions to that conflict. Um, that's just like a super, super surfacey foreign policy um, summary, especially that the issue with Israel and Palestine is extremely complicated. And um, I, it's not something that I'm wanting to delve into because I just, there's so much more going on there than I really know enough to talk about. But let's bring it back to something a little bit more familiar, perhaps, and that's climate change. Uh, this is another one that probably won't surprise you. Donald Trump, not super interested in, in green initiatives, not a big climate change guy. Uh, even recently in the news has been him publicly questioning the legitimacy of, of the science behind climate change. Um, you know, the he has a quote here. The level of environmental cleanliness is at its all-time best right now. Kind of a classic Trump quote there. Uh, pulled the U.S. out of the Paris Climate Agreement. That was one of the very first things he did as president, uh, that global agreement from different countries that they were going to try to meet different benchmarks. Um, Trump said that it was unfair to the U.S. that they were that they were being asked to do too much, and he just didn't agree with the initiative, so he pulled them out, pulled our country out right away. Um, Biden, on the other hand, he wants to be active on climate change. He wants to spend $2 trillion over four years investing in emission-reducing initiatives, um, infrastructure, and things that would uh, move us towards 
uh, a goal of net zero emissions by 2035. He obviously has said, I believe, that he would immediately rejoin the Paris Climate Agreement if elected president. Um, so obviously, we got two clear different directions on climate change that the two candidates are bringing and, and kind of how they would approach that. Another area where there's a, there's a strict dichotomy or, or an apparent strict dichotomy of two very different views is abortion. Um, Donald Trump is pro-life. Um, this is something that, you know, several years ago, he said something a little different, that he hated abortion and that he, he didn't want anything to do with it, but that he probably wouldn't ban it because he supports choice. Um, but more recently, he's reversed that position um, and has said that he is solidly pro-life and that he supports banning abortions um, across the board, basically with the exception of incidents involving rape, incest, or protecting the life of the mother. Um, and during his time as presidency, you know, one of the powers, I guess, that uh, that a president has is they, they get to appoint federal judges. Um, he's appointed over 100 federal judges, including two and, or I should say, and two Supreme Court justices. Um, and uh, obviously, I haven't done a deep dive on each and every one of these judges, but uh, from what I've read, my understanding is he has selected judges that might be a little bit more favorable toward abortion restrictions. Biden, on the other hand, is very much pro-choice um, and has said that he wants to codify Roe versus Wade and that if he elected his administration, his Justice Department would do everything in its power to stop states from passing laws that target abortion. Um, that's a summary, not a direct quote. And so two very different directions there on abortion. Let's, let's go ahead and move on to health care. Both candidates have been involved in efforts to lower drug prices, so that's something that, that they agree on. Biden um, supports Obamacare. He would want to bolster it. He'd want to strengthen it. Um, important distinction here, Joe Biden does not support Medicare for all, um, like more leftist liberals such as Bernie Sanders do. He would propose expanding Medicare by lowering the age uh, to qualify for Medicare to 60 from 65. Um, so that would increase significantly who qualifies for Medicare and, and receives that government benefit. Um, but he doesn't support this kind of universal health care concept. Uh, however, he is in support of Obamacare, whereas Trump doesn't like Obamacare, the ACA. Um, he's tried to undermine it. He's tried to get it repealed. And he on the, would be more interested in limiting benefits a little bit by um, imposing work requirements and other limitations on Medicaid eligibility. When we come to the next topic of gun control, um, this is one where Trump in the past has supported a ban on assault weapons, but more recently has kind of flipped on that and said that he doesn't think assault weapons need to be banned. And he's kind of waffled back and forth a little bit on ideas like universal background checks. Um, Biden solidly supports an assault ban and universal background checks, um, some other gun control measures in a similar category. 
Uh, next topic here, let's talk about immigration. So immigration is obviously another hot topic that's that's was a huge part of the last campaign. It's likely going to be a huge part of this campaign, or it is. Um, Trump, initially in 2017, Trump tried to end um, what's called DACA, or the Dreamers Act, uh, which provides protections and a path to citizenship for um, so-called dreamers, which is, uh, my understanding is dreamers are um, immigrants living in the United States who entered with their families illegally, um, but were children at the time when their families entered the country. Um, and Trump tried to end those protections, but the Supreme Court shot those efforts down. More recently, Trump has backed off that a little bit. He was asked about it and kind of has said some things like, no, I think DACA's fine. Um, so not 100% clear where he currently stands on that, I guess. But he's generally in favor of policies that limit immigration and increase deportations of illegal immigrants. Obviously, he's made a big point about the Mexican border wall between the between uh, Mexico and U.S., Hasn't made a ton of progress on that, but he has tried. <laughs> um, you know, they have made, um, I think, something like 270 miles so far, but it's not, it's replacing old fencing, not, it's not an expansion uh, into new territory at this point. Uh, but he still wants to, to get that done if he was reelected. That would be something that he said he would continue to work on. Um, <clears throat> a big controversial issue here was the separation of families. So um, a policy that, that was put in place by the Trump administration that was very strict on what happened at the border if a family entered illegally would have the parents detained and separated from their kids. Uh, this got a ton of backlash. Uh, so eventually uh, Trump issued an executive order ending the practice. But what they haven't stopped doing is separating children from other adult relatives. So if they come in with their parents, they're no longer supposed to be separated, but they are separating children from, um, you know, if they came across the border with, I guess, a, a grandparent or an uncle or an aunt or, or something like that. So um, that's something that Biden has strongly opposed, spoken out against. Um, Biden is also in support of DACA, Dreamers Act, and would want to put stuff in place to protect that and, and to support a path to citizenship for Dreamers. And, and actually, um, Joe Biden supports a path to citizenship, not just for Dreamers, but also for um, all the illegal immigrants currently living in the United States. Um, he also said that he would stop any additional construction on the border wall that Trump has been working on. Okay, last topic that I want to talk about. Here's one that's obviously been in the news quite a bit lately, and that's criminal justice reform, police reform, um, kind of issues revolving around race and policing. We'll start with Trump on this one, and we'll talk about um, police reform. So obviously Trump's response to these protests that have been going on and the rioting that's also been going on has been very much kind of a law and order 
rhetoric and also a law and order response, sending extra military to these zones to try to shut these protests down has kind of taken the side of, I guess, law and order. Um, shortly following the death of George Floyd, Trump did sign an executive order that encouraged police to use less excessive force and to ban chokeholds in most incidents and, and, and a, some other kind of police reforms like that. Um, Biden has not gone as far as some of his liberal counterparts and calling to defund the police. Uh, he hasn't backed those calls. And instead, actually, Biden has advocated for investing significantly into police forces to hire more diverse police um, personnel and also to develop better relationships with their communities that they're policing in and has said that he wants to bring reform to qualified immunity. So qualified immunity being the legal protections that uh, protect police from being liable in uh, a lot of situations that they're involved in. Uh, he said he wants to bring some reform to that so that uh, don't have some situations where police appear to be, I guess, getting off without a lot of legal repercussion in situations of excessive force. And then when it comes to criminal justice reform, um, this isn't something that Trump has done a lot with. Um, he did in 2018 sign a bipartisan law called the First Step Act that reduced mandatory minimum sentences um, and expanded drug treatment plans for prisoners. But overall, um, Trump has stayed a little bit away from criminal justice reform and has more supported tough on crime policies. Um, he supports the death sentence. He supports cash bail. He supports private prisons uh, as opposed to Biden's approach. Um, Joe Biden, he wants to eliminate the death penalty. He's, he's against the death penalty, although many years ago he did support it publicly. He's more recently said that he would want to eliminate it. He also supports the, um, I guess he supports ending solitary confinement. He supports ending the cash bail system and outlawing private prisons. Also supports further scaling back mandatory minimum sentences. Uh, one thing of note here, way back in 1994, Joe Biden did vote for the crime bill that's often criticized for contributing to mass incarceration of black Americans. Um, that was 26 years ago. More recently, he you know, has changed the way he approaches that issue. He also wants to implement policies that address fair housing, fair lending, zoning regulations, and, and similar things like that. And um, one interesting thing that he said is apparently he said that he would have a group study the feasibility of paying cash reparations to black people uh, for the history of slavery and segregation in the United States. Um, so that's kind of a brief overview of just hitting a bunch of the biggest issues that people maybe think about the most and giving you a little bit of an idea of where our presidential candidates in 2020 stand on those issues. Um, definitely not probably like the most 
exciting episode ever, but uh, hopefully some of you found some value in it or found it interesting. If you were wanting to know where the candidates stand on these issues, um, hopefully this episode today helped bring a little clarity to that. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. We're going to have lots of really interesting conversations coming up in the next several months. Thank you.